You're listening to Civic Conversations, a podcast collaboration between the League of Women Voters of Bloomington, Monroe County, and this station, WFHB. I'm Jim Allison, your host, and Becky Hill is our producer. We're pleased to say you can find Civic Conversations every month on this station, WFHB, at both 93.1 and 98.1 FM. And you can also find the podcast at the League website, whose address is www.lwv-bmc.org. And again, more slowly, lwv-bmc.org. Today, we're very pleased to welcome two guests, Julie Duhan and Hetty Katz, of the new Tandem Community Birth Center and Postpartum House in Bloomington. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much. We're very excited to be here. First, tell us a bit about your organization and how it came into existence here in Bloomington. So Hattie and I started incubating this project back in 2019. And in February 2020, we were ready to go with a business plan. We incorporated and then, of course, the pandemic struck and we got the... uh, (laughs) the great fun of rewriting our business plan to make it work in the context of a global pandemic. Um, Since then, we've been fundraising, uh, developing organizational capacity, finally leased our our location and opened it uh, near the end of last year. Currently, we're offering gynecology services from puberty to menopause, and we have our community space open while the birth center is under construction. Okay, let's talk a bit about motivation. What was your particular motivation in opening the center, and did you have any special problems in doing so? So Julie and I both grew up in Bloomington and left, and like a lot of folks came back to raise our families. And I think in our experience of being in other spaces, we really felt um, like a lot of folks that our community was one that was really ripe and ready for an option like a community birth center. Um, We have a really unique community. We have a very diverse community um, and we really felt like a, a birth center was uh, a necessary option for our space. Um, okay. okay, go ahead. Continue. Uh, I had worked in birth centers um, in uh, other states. Um, and uh, Julie and I both had experience with very different types of options for care. Um, and, and we're looking to bring that to Bloomington as well. Okay, fine. Uh, let's talk about numbers. Uh, Could you tell us about how many women you currently serve and how many more you anticipate? Sure. So, um, so first of all, we serve women, but we serve all kinds of people in our, um, in our space, both uh, women, people with uteruses who don't identify as female. We also serve entire families, partners, um, and any individual who's interested in reproductive health or perinatal care. So right now, I would say um, so far in this year, we've served about 100 individuals, whether that's folks coming in for gynecology care from puberty to menopause or tweens coming into the space to learn about menstruation for our period party or uh, individuals coming in for our birth to age five collaboration with the public library uh, to talk about in, uh um, literacy development in children or uh, families just dropping in to use our community space as a way to connect and access other resources. Uh, when the birth center opens, we expect we'll have about 75 births a year when we're at full capacity. Uh, we'll probably have more clients who receive prenatal care with us who choose uh, not to birth with us 
or may not be able to birth with us due to um, complicating factors with their pregnancy. And then we'll have others who receive postpartum care with us who may not have received any prenatal care with us at all. Uh, we know that when BABS, Bloomington Area Birth Services, was open in our community, it served about 600 families a year with their perinatal supportive services, ranging from prenatal yoga and childbirth ed and parent groups to lactation support. And we fully expect we'll be hitting that number in the next few years and exceeding it because we have a larger scope of practice and because we're receiving um, inquiries and uh, requests for support and information from Monroe County, all of the surrounding counties, and now as far away as uh, the Louisville, Kentucky border. Okay, could you give us some detail about the types of service that you offer? Yeah, we currently offer services including classes, things ranging from childbirth education, lactation education, postpartum planning, uh, tummy time classes, we also offer group support, things like um, new parent support groups, anticipating baby support groups, and postpartum support groups. Our clinic is open, as Julie mentioned, serving folks through um, uh, menopause and puberty. Um, we offer gynecology services, breast and chest exams, STI screenings and treatments, contraceptives, and preconception counseling. Um, when the birth center opens, we'll be offering out-of-hospital birth with our certified nurse midwife. And when our postpartum house opens, we'll be offering overnight stays um, supported by postpartum doulas at the center. And we're currently oh, live with wide. postpartum doula support in home as well. Oh, I see. That's quite a wide range of services. Um, your name suggests that you also, you do offer postnatal services or support. Uh, could you talk a bit about that? And also, you, uh, so what about support um, uh, consequent on miscarriages? Yeah, um, so we provide um, currently postpartum doula support in people's homes. And eventually, we will have spaces for three to four families to stay um, for a certain given period of time at the birth center, where they'll be cared for 24-7 um, by in-house postpartum doulas. We'll do things like um, help folks monitor their own individual health, things like, is this bleeding a normal amount of bleeding? Is it too much? Help them facilitate contact with their providers when necessary. Um, bring them a warm cup of tea, hold the baby while they can take a shower. Um, and we'll have uh, community classes during the day so those folks who are staying with us can socialize with other families and get information they might need. In terms of uh, miscarriage care, um, taking care of folks uh, who are in the reproductive era, we always um, have to recognize that miscarriage is an integrative part of reproductive health. We recognize that not every pregnancy is either wanted or results in a full-term birth. Um, so we often have the opportunity to take care of folks either before they've reached out for routine prenatal care, um, as they're recovering from miscarriage, um, both from a medical standpoint, also um, a social emotional standpoint for miscarriage follow-up. Okay, it sounds to me like you two have a lot of challenges, but what do you believe are the most challenging aspects of maternal health today? So in Indiana, we have some pretty unique challenges to us. Um, we have a significant rural population and like a lot of the country, we've seen a rolling closure of rural hospitals which leaves a lot of those families in rural areas without access to care. Some folks drive an hour to two hours to access routine care. And when we look at pregnancy, that can mean 
coming to do those drives round trip every week, sometimes more. Um, we also have um, a very significant uh, issue to address in Indiana relating to our maternal and infant mortality rates. Um, for our state, this pertains more broadly to folks who are using substances. And um, I think we tend to focus a lot on maternal and infant mortality during the course of pregnancy and birth. But actually what we know for our state is the vast majority of folks who are encountering those challenges are seeing them in the postpartum phase, um, which is why postpartum care is so integral and important for our population. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, last year, 2022, an important uh, report came out called the American Health Rankings Report, a very authoritative uh, piece of work. And in that report, overall, Indiana ranked a very bad 46 out of 50 states for maternal health, but only 22 out of 50 for access to prenatal care. What do you think accounts for those rankings and their disparity? So um, I think in, in terms of maternal health, we see a lot of gaps, like Hattie mentioned, where we have just absence of care in some counties. We have several counties, including counties adjacent to Monroe County that are officially ranked as um, obstetric deserts. There is no obstetric care available or it's extremely limited. You can't deliver a baby in those counties uh, in a hospital or birth center setting, for example. Um, though I do want to acknowledge that we do have home birth midwives who are who are um, providing care in in some of those counties and definitely here in Monroe County as well and providing high quality care as well. Um, but when you look at uh, maternal mortality and mort maternal outcomes, it it really comes down to several different things. Are we addressing the basic practical obstacles that come in the way of someone seeking seeking care and getting that regular care? Simply coming in for a prenatal visit or two doesn't mean that you're receiving high quality prenatal care throughout your pregnancy and postpartum. A traditional postpartum care, after you've given birth, you might see your OB once, maybe twice uh, after you've left the hospital for a four or six week follow-up appointment. And after that, you're not typically in OB care anymore. You're back to your primary care provider if you have one. Um, and, and so we know that our bodies don't just go back to normal six weeks after having a baby. Our risk of maternal mortality is not over six weeks after having a baby. Um, and so, we see transportation challenges. We see childcare challenges. Uh, I serve on a uh, with the city of Bloomington's community health improvement plan group that's specifically looking at transportation. What I try to bring to that group is conversation around transportation when children are involved. There are very few places you can call and say, I need a ride and I need a car seat for my two-year-old or my three-year-old who also needs to accompany me. Um, if you're working jobs with difficult shifts to get out of, making time for the very large number of prenatal appointments that you really should be getting is a challenge. Um, we often don't have adequate workplace accommodations for uh, for pregnant folks in, in terms of both being able to leave and get the care they need uh, and, and also in terms of actually being accommodated to be able to sit down on the job instead of stand if they're working at a cash register or that kind of thing. So, um, uh, we also know that a lot of our disparities here are race-based. So um, if you walk into a clinic and you feel like the providers don't represent you or the providers don't speak your language, 
Um, we know that Hispanic folks in Bloomington, if they're exclusively Spanish speaking or most comfortable in Spanish, they're not delivering down here. They're going to Indianapolis because there's a, a an absence of Spanish speaking providers. And I'll just plug that our midwife is bilingual in English and Spanish. Uh, if you're coming in for gynecology care, you're welcome to make an appointment with her and, and do it all in Spanish. Um, but I think seeing providers that represent you in Monroe County, but everywhere, everywhere you go, the more that you have diversity um, in the providers, um, the more that you feel comfortable in that space. If we are serving members of our LGBTQ community and they don't feel like they fit in a very feminine <laughs> pregnancy oriented birth space, uh, that may be a reason to um, not want to come for care as much or to um, uh, not be an, their authentic self in that care space and therefore not necessarily be receiving the, the care that they need and deserve. So in our low volume setting, we're able to um, customize the experience more, personalize the experience more to really focus on that specific individual and all of the things they're bringing into, into the exam room or the birth okay. space. Okay. I understand uh, that in Monroe County, only about 21% actually receive adequate early prenatal care. Uh, how do you propose to uh, improve that number? So we've been talking to some of our uh, colleagues at Middleway House, the RISE, um, making connections through Nurse Family Partnership and other places so that we can start to understand the barriers to accessing that early care. Um, in addition to clinic visits right now, we also will do home visits. Um, so we're hoping that maybe if someone's saying, I've got a whole bunch of kids at home and there's no way I'm gonna make it in for this prenatal visit, maybe we're gonna go to them. Um, we've had in our gynecology clinic for people seeking pap smears, we've had people come in and say, I have avoided this care for years because I have a history of sexual trauma or I have a history of medical trauma. And so, our space is a space that they feel like they can come into instead of a 15 minute appointment, we're offering an hour appointment. And so they can have that time to process and explain to us who they are and what they need before we're saying, take off your clothes, let's do a, a very invasive exam, right? And so I feel like having that as we come into the birth space is going to allow us to reach more people in those early weeks of pregnancy. Some people don't know they're pregnant, but when when they do, hopefully we're hoping that they're going to feel more comfortable coming to us and that we're going to be able to eliminate some barriers related to transportation, related to other accommodations to make it easier for them to get to see us. Okay. Uh, I wonder if you could tell us about how many community, community birthing centers there are in Indiana, about uh, roughly. So there are about seven birth centers in Indiana right now, um, but the closest one is about an hour's drive from Bloomington. I see. And are they reaching our most vulnerable populations, in your opinion? You know, in Indiana, a lot of the birth centers that exist are either tied to hospitals um, or they are somehow religiously affiliated. Um, the closest one to us is independent, but um, by way of fundamental approach, um, a lot of folks are missed in those areas. Um, one of the fundamental goals around Tandem is to be welcoming and serving folks of all walks of life. We want to be able to access, to be accessible 
um, to welcome folks to come in and be who they really are so that they can really get appropriate care for themselves. Um, we welcome folks in whether, you know, however you identify, um, whatever your goals are with your reproductive health, this is a safe space for people to be in. Um, even if you don't ever intend to be pregnant, maybe you're done with reproduction, um, or perhaps you're coming in for uh, care, but you don't plan to give birth with us. This is still a, a space to reach folks. Um, Julie mentioned some of the factors um, that affect the whole country that are definitely present in Indiana um, in making space and providing care with providers that reflect their population. Um, it's incredibly important that we recognize um, that there are folks of color who are three to four times at a higher rate of potential for complications. Um, you know, not just things like mortality, but you know, lifelong, lifelong experiences that stay with folks. Um, and we want to be sure that our model of care is meeting the needs of those populations. All right. Uh, Julie Duhan and Hattie Katz of the Tandem Community Birth Center and Postpartum House, thank you very much for a very timely interview this afternoon. And to our listening audience, uh, thank you very much for listening to us on Civic Conversations. This is Jim Allison of the League of Women Voters, Bloomington, Monroe County. The League is a nonpartisan, grassroots, citizen-led organization that has fought since 1920 to improve our government and engage all citizens and the decisions that impact their lives. Next month, we'll be talking law. When we talk to Professor Miriam Northcutt Bomert about racial, ethnic, and gender disparities in our legal system.